Joanne Wilson, and this is Positively Gotham Gal. Real, honest, and meaningful conversations with women entrepreneurs about their approach to life, business, and everything in between. Charmaine Davis is the director of Behavioral Health Services at the Genesee Center, an institute that supports victims of domestic violence and the founder of the social impact app, Just Us. Charmaine's career as a therapist with over 25 years of experience servicing families of Southern California motivated her to start Just Us, a smartphone app that aims to prevent police brutality by equipping young drivers with a voice-activated system to assist them when interacting with the police. We talked about her journey with Just Us and her experience doing social work amidst a global pandemic. Thank you for having me. So we're just going to talk about your work. Mm-hmm. You've been a therapist for over 25 years. And how did you find your way into psychology and social work? Is that something that was always part of who you were? You know what? It is something that was part of who I, I have always been. I've, I come from a really large family. And of course, um, you know, growing up in a Black family and neighborhood, and you know what I'm saying? You, you get to see a lot and understand and learn a lot of things. So advocacy has always been a part of what I learned, you know, growing up. My, my mom is a strong advocate. Uh, for social justice and things of that nature. So I started off doing social work and and that kind of work. And um, I saw the need for help for black and brown folks in, in that community for mental health. And that's what sort of turned, steered me in that direction. What neighborhood did you grow up in? Los Angeles, around Los Angeles. I'm originally from Indiana, from Gary, Indiana, actually. Wow. Yeah, I moved here as a teenager. Got it. So your latest project is this just... U.S. app, right? Just an app. Kind of talk about the genesis of that idea. You know, of course, we all know the unfavorable experiences that happen a lot with, you know, male drivers, black male drivers, and um, just people in general. And my son wanted to drive, you know. As they all do. (laughs) And and, and as a psychologist, I see this. It wasn't just my experience with my son, but I talk to mothers all the time who have these same fears. And these fears, they kind of, you know, it's at that intersectionality of mental health and social justice and kind of all those things as a circle. And so, you know, these mothers are not able to be healthy and well because they worry about their children, particularly their sons. So um, just imagine. Imagine my son came in and very excited, like, mom, I'm ready for my driver's license. And, you know, that should have been this really big moment where I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, celebrating. And I was like a deer caught in headlights. And I, I, I know he probably sensed that. And it felt like a lot of seconds, probably just a few. But I couldn't say anything because this fear rose up in me. And I just I, I couldn't celebrate that moment. And it made me sad. Well, I mean, so I'm just looking at some statistics, you know, from the National Academy of Sciences, one in every thousand black men can expect to be killed by a police. And a recent survey reports that more than three quarters of black mothers like yourself worry about their children will be victims of police brutality. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and it's so true, and it, and, it, and, it, and it weighs on you, right? It begins to really weigh on you, and day in and day out, you can't just, um, it's just the, the rights that we have as humans, right? You know, you, you, you raise your children the best you can, and then you allow them to go out into the world and become who they are. And, you know, I can't do that, not in this climate, not with every time I turn on the news, and especially I have to say a black male, because that's what I'm raising, you know? And so, you know, for my son to get a driver's license and go out and be away from me, and I not know um, if he needs me, if I could get to him, it was just overwhelming for me. And that's where the idea came from. Right. I'm sure. And how did you come up with the name? You know, myself and Candace Walker, um, you know, we kind of toyed with a lot of things. I wanted this. I wanted everything about this app to be what it was, you know, so folks can know what this app is and know what it meant to myself and to our community. And, you know, it's sort of like justice because that's what we want at the end of the day. And it's like just us, like just for us for those folks who are dealing with this injustice. So the name was just pretty much our feelings. And you started developing this in 2019, which was certainly a summer of protest and turmoil and activism. You know, talk a little bit about what that summer meant to you and 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 what you did during the course of that summer. I mean, it is pretty incredible, at least to me, that the best parts of COVID is that we've opened this Pandora's box. And because of social media, I mean, no one can say they haven't seen these issues, you know, on media. Right. Right. Well, the idea came to me before 2019, but 2019 just was that pivotal moment, you know, for us, for our community, for our nation, for everyone, because we were, it, it was so much at one time, right? And to add on to all of that was going on, my son wanted to drive. <laughs> so it was um, it was just, it was a lot going on. And, and, and I wanted this app to be something, not just this job that we were doing that we had to hurry up or just overthink. It was, it was really a part of my life right? That I was, I felt like I was sharing with the world and I was listening to clients that I was seeing and about their fears. And I really took everything that was going on in that moment to help me design something that we needed, something that would help all of us. So from thought to development, it was a lot of work, but I have to say with every day that we, um, we tackled a milestone and got past it. I felt better and better. And I, I knew it would be something that could help us all. And when you launched it, what happened? Well, you know, I particularly wanted to launch on August 28th. And that was the day that uh, Martin Luther King, of course, made his speech, I Have a Dream. So that was very important for me because that dream is still with us. This is the dream that we want is to just be safe and be treated fairly. So we launched it was COVID when we launched. So although I know I do a lot of advocacy and um, you know social justice advocacy, I was also working sometimes 15 hour days because I also, I'm the director of family wellness for a nationally recognized domestic violence organization. So, uh, you know, domestic violence spiked during COVID. It spiked during COVID like we had never seen before. It, it was horrible. It was horrible. And we had begun to see injuries and situations that we had never seen. And we see a lot. 
So, you know, so between the app and we weren't able to really push to get the word out there like we wanted because of the situation. But we now have over 12,000 subscribers. Great. And people are using it. They're using it. And hopefully, you know, folks, we get feedback. So we get a lot of emails and things of that nature. So from the feedback that we have gotten, um, you know, folks are using it and they feel safe. They feel safe. It was when I, I did an interview with Good Morning America. So we got a lot of responses from those. And, you know, you get the good and the bad. You know, I had some folks saying, you know, you're racist for making this app. And I try to explain, well, that's what I get. So, but I try to explain the app is not just for black people. I just happen to be a black mother with a black son. Right. That you built because you were concerned about, you know, the stats of, you know, black men being pulled over by policemen and being treated improperly and sometimes ending up dead. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, but, but for overwhelmingly the, um, um, feedback that we get is all positive. So that's great. And you're working at Genesee Center where you are the director. You create a, this mobile app, which also provides services for domestic violence survivors. You know, talk a little bit about that too, because, you know, that's something that seems to continue to fly under the radar that no one wants to yes. talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's very sad because, you know, you have all of these particular groups that are so oppressed and, and just just overlooked and, you know, not taken seriously. Their needs are not taken seriously. So the app is, and that's what I try to hit home to everyone, is not just for one particular set of people, right? Of course, it was made because I saw the need, but I have had folks that are in domestic violence situation have the app, sex trafficking folks that have the app. And I had one incident with a sex trafficker and she was so, so thankful and grateful that she had this app. But another, you know, we have clients that may be undocumented, and I had one mother who was so afraid because, you know, ICE was really at one point collecting people, right, and oh, separating yeah, families. And I had one mother who was so afraid to leave out. She just could not. She was so afraid that either going to get to the school to get her child, she was just so afraid to be out with her child because she felt like they would be separated. So her knowing that she had this app that that no matter what, because at the Genesee Center, folks know we love you. You know what I'm saying? So they know we're going to be right there to help you no matter what's going on. But her having that app, she knew that if anything happened, we were going to come and find her and help her. So the app has helped so many different platforms of folks. And so what do they do on the app exactly when they get on it? So one thing that was particularly important is because we know what can happen when folks reach for things, right? I wanted it to be voice activated. So you don't have to reach for anything. You can sit there and you be, you can be safe. So what happens is you can either say the words that make it come on. I can do it because it's probably going to come up on my phone. It's fine. But you'll say, hey, Suri, just us check in. So check in just means that I'm okay. It's for folks who don't want to text or call or like my son say, they don't want me hovering. You just let me know that sometime in the day that you're okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have heads up. Heads up just means that there's a potential for danger that I might need you. So be on standby. Right. I may be getting pulled over. I may be walking and it's dark, you know, so that's what heads up means. If you say just us help, then the app opens 
your five contacts, whoever that may be, are alerted. You are then pinpointed. They, your location is there. They know exactly where you are. And so does anyone in a two-mile radius. And this is recording. If your phone becomes dislodged or is not by you, they can still hear you. You can still hear them. So you can talk to them and you can calm them and you can call, let's say, if it's the police that you're having that encounter with, you can say to them, look, this is my son. He is claustrophobic or he, you know what I'm saying? He has this problem or you can talk to them and you can also let them know if you feel like it's getting to a point where it's out of hand. Hey, the world is watching you. The world can hear you. You are being live streamed. You know what I'm saying? So it gives you what was important for me is that when folks yell and police and bystanders and and you yell, when you're yelling at someone, they don't hear you. Right. It just escalates. So the app for me also gives you the opportunity, the person that's coming and the person who's enduring this encounter, that we can stay calm. You know that we're going to be calm if we know our loved one is on their way. So so I can stay calm now and I don't have to fight you. I don't have to feel like I'm going to be suffocated or strangled or anything like that, because I know, especially when they know their mama is coming. (laughs) So then they're okay, Right. And you've hosted, you know, lots of virtual events for, uh, you know, mothers of driving age children, obviously, and community organizers sharing all the news and your resources. Are you starting to find that you are spreading across the country into different organizations and communities? We are. We are. Like I said, just because of the work I do, we're just being able to get where we can really do more. So I want to do more community events because it's so important that we get the information out there that we're, we're actually telling people what to do when they are in this situation, right? We're actually able to tell folks how to de-escalate, how to calm this down. And we are, so many different groups are reaching out to us because they're beginning to see and, and hear about the app. And again, post-COVID, we're just being able to really try to get the, the word out there. And, and the reality is with for this app, the more people that download it, the safer we'll be. Because that two-mile radius can be short or it can be a long two miles, you know. So we need the more people that downloads it, that's how safe we'll be. That's amazing. So you've been dubbed the mompreneur. I love that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how has your experience as a Black mother impacted your work? Because, you know, I mean, I can go through the millions of stats about Black women not being funded and Black entrepreneurs and making it more difficult, you know, but you have built something which is so, it's coming from a void in your life, right? You saw something and you're like, this is not acceptable, particularly for the people in my community, because, you know, no one is seeing what we're seeing. Right. Right. I, I say this, you know, just like Mama Bear, when it comes to your children, you can make it happen no matter what, right? The minute my son, and I have other children, but the minute this son said, I want to go out and drive, something came, just came over me and I knew this was going to happen. I was going to find some way, you know, um, I think folks who have ideas and they may be underfunded or folks may not understand their idea or believe in it. I say you keep believing, you have to. I knew what this app would mean to our community, communities across the world. I knew what it would mean. And I sought out and found someone that I knew that could help me make this happen. And that was Candace Walker. I was familiar with her work. 
I had seen other apps that she had developed and I knew she was the person for me to go to. So you have to do that research and find out where, who's going to understand you, who's going to understand your ideas and how can you make it happen? And, you know, it was difficult. I think I contribute the success of this app being created and, and, and coming, you know, to full capacity with the fact that for me, I'm a spiritual woman. I felt like God knew this was needed. I, I, I did. I, I self-funded it. So I funded it myself. And that's awesome. Yes. Yes. But I, I did what I had to do as a mom, as a community activist, as whatever, I did what needed to be done. Well, I mean, you know, you're also, you've been a therapist for over 25 years, you know, so your understanding of how people respond and interact is, you know, larger than the normal person living down the street, right? So that probably had a lot to do with it. I mean, not only that, you sit on the board of LA County Psychological Association, the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists and the Association of Black Psychologists. So, you know, your your background, you're just adding another thing to the list by by building this app. But in many ways, all those dots connected for you to do this and understand how what needs to get done so that people feel comfortable with that. Right. And those are associations that I belong to. I, I don't sit on their boards, but um, yeah, I have this understanding of what goes on in the community. And it's not just so much about education or the career path that I've chosen. It's about, this is my life, right? You know, so this, I've grown up with this and to be a Black mother, and, and, and I know everyone can understand this, and to see what we see every day on the news, to hear what we hear, and then you have to let your sons walk out the front door. It's, it's, it's just, it's undescribable. It is. And so my, my hope and my dream is that this app will create some mental health healing as well. Because have you ever seen that movie, uh, American Son? Kerry Washington was in that movie. Oh my gosh. You, you see this movie and you understand this app, right? So, so many days or nights she didn't sleep, but she would go to her son's room just to hear him breathe because she knew he was okay. That was real. Yeah, that is real. Talk a little bit more about your work with the Genesee Center. I mean, you, you provide support to these victims of domestic violence. And certainly, as you said before, this population has been really affected by COVID and the lockdowns. You know, what did you do to help those people over that time? You know, it's it's very hard for someone to walk out the door in the middle of something mad and go somewhere. You're just curious how you work with that at the Genesee Center. You know, it was uh, an overwhelming time, as as we've already said. And so, at the Genesee Center, we have a residential program right? And a drop-in program. But our residential program was filled to capacity. There were so many calls that we couldn't take everyone. So we joined with the mayor's office. They had a safe haven program that was going on where they allowed certain organizations to go to a hotel to keep more, to be able to help more victims. And that's what we did. We built a whole infrastructure at this hotel and we were able to serve over 200 clients within that year. And again, we saw injuries and situations that we had never seen before. And we see everything, we, we pretty much do. And so we, we took our program which and moved it to the hotel on top of having our program, you know, at our organization, our residential program. And we gave these 
families the same support, you know, case management, mental health, which was which was so needed, legal help. So folks that are fighting a lot, a big part of domestic violence and, and folks ask, why does she stay? Why does he stay? It's, it's a lot of times because it's their children. People will do anything, parents do anything for their children. So, um, you know, real quick, I'm going to say, you know, folks, um, a lot of people may not know it, but, you know, if you call for help, uh, and you're in a domestic violence situation, the minute the police come to your home, a report is generated to the Department of Children and Family Services. Right. So some of these mothers were in a situation where they were thinking, do I want to live or do I want to keep my children? You know what I'm saying? Some, some things like that. So we had to deal with so much. And, and the fact that all of Genesee services are free. And I mean, our attorneys are, are sharks. They go out and they help these women like um, they were paying them, you know, uh, $600 an hour. So we just provided the same services to our clients at the hotels that we did at the shelter. And we just made sure they understood that they were safe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the big question, right? People say, why'd you stay? Why'd you stay? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that people think it's going to get better tomorrow or it won't happen again. And this is the person I'm supposed to be with and all of those things until God forbid something really bad happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we see we see all of that. We see all of that. And one of the big reasons that when they do leave is for their children. One of the big reasons that they do stay is for their children. You know, so there's so many things that go into it in this housing and all of those kind of things. But, you know, we did what we could. And, and, and my staff was so amazing. You know, in COVID, we didn't know what this was at first when it first came out. We didn't know if we would be infected. We didn't know, you know, if we would take it home to our families. But my staff showed up every day. They came early. They left late. And we made these women a space that was safe and they were okay. That's amazing. I mean, you're doing such great work. You know, just the last question, you know, during this year, which was, as we know, civil unrest, we're still in the global pandemic, you know, was there anything that surprised you about this? And did you learn something about yourself? I mean, I mean, I think everyone I talk to, you know, we're not out of it yet, but spent time really sort of thinking about themselves and the lives and everything like that, because we're all in many ways, I guess that was the gift that we've been given. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so many things surprised me about <laughs> it, about 2020, you know, um, but, but there were some good surprises, you know, and it challenged us as mothers, as humans, as, as, as psychologists. It just challenged you in every facet of your life. Like for me, when this first happened and we took all of the clients to the hotel and again, you didn't know what COVID meant. You didn't know what this really meant for your family. So I quarantined from my family. I would work for 15 hours a day because I didn't want my children to have that need to want to be around me, even though they knew they couldn't, um, so on and so forth. So we kind of quarantined on my, I quarantined on my second floor. And what we would do is we learned how to have dinner together via a Zoom. You know, they wanted to say something to me. They would throw notes up to me, you know, fly them. So we, we learned how to learn differently and how to love differently and how to appreciate this is what it means when I'm not here. So when I'm on you about cleaning up, you appreciate that. So well, it was a lot. I, I learned how much I could take, 
You know, I learned how to take care of myself in, in spite of what was going on. So there was a there were a lot of lessons to learn for sure. So is your son out there driving? Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, he is. yes, he is. And I feel safe. I honestly not. Uh, I know I'm a little biased about the app, but I honestly feel okay. I know that the biggest, my biggest fear was that my son would die calling for me and, and, and I didn't hear him. That was just a big fear of mine. And now I know that no matter what happens, because I, the, I, the app is a tool, right? It's not a magic wand. But I know that when my son says help, I'm going to hear him. And that that's everything to me. Right. And perhaps because of apps like you have built and others that are doing this kind of work, it really changes the narrative of what happens when, you know, black and brown children are, and particularly men, stopped on the streets by policemen. Right. I mean, we go back to Rodney King being the first thing that was videotaped and majority of people had never seen that kind of right. thing. But I am sure that the majority of the people inside that community was like, this happens all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But the world now is just beginning to see just how big this is, just how horrific this is. We've seen it a lot, but the world now can see it. Yes. Yes. And the world can see those people that are such racist and terrible and, you know, picking on people for nothing but the color of their skin. Right. Right. And it's sad. And it has such a com component and connection with mental health. And, and that's a, a big reason also for the app. Yeah. Well, the mental health piece has just mm -hmm. exploded over this past yeah. two years. So. Yeah. All right. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. What you're doing is so great. And I am sure that every mother that is on that app, as well as every child on that app, you know, thanks you for building that. And my guess is you will continue to grow and grow and grow and create other pieces of the app as it evolves, because that's just how those businesses work. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me because this means so much. Like I said, the more we can get folks to understand this app and see it and, and, and download it, the safer we are all going to be. Completely. Just us app. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.